I think some new teachers are scared to ask for help because there's this understanding that since we are certified already, since we've gone through college, that we should be able to teach on the first day. And I think teachers can get intimidated by that. But I think it's important to remember that you're not going to be that same teacher 10 years down the line. Welcome to School Me, the podcast series for new and early career educators from the National Education Association. I'm your host, Renee Carter. In this episode, we're joined by Toby Murphy from New Jersey, who is in his 10th year in the classroom. It's said that hindsight is always 2020. So we're traveling back to the beginning of Toby's career to find out what he wishes he knew then and what he might have done differently if given the chance. Toby, tell us a little bit about where you teach, what you teach. So I teach in a wonderful school district called Demers School District, and I teach eighth grade language arts. I've been teaching there for 10 years. In middle school, is the definition of language arts different from other places? What is language arts? So language arts is reading, writing, and grammar, and focusing on infusing all three of those together. And so thinking back, it's not such a reach for you to think back to your first day in the classroom. What were you feeling? Were there anxieties or were you feeling confident? Everything. So there's definitely a lot of anxiety. And I think the first day when I look back on it, I think of getting ready for the students to come into the classroom and not knowing what to expect. Part of that is because you are in a classroom by yourself and there's nobody to to rely on. Initially, you kind of almost feel like you're alone and you're kind of by yourself. So looking back on it, I definitely look back at that feeling of what is going to happen today. And on that first day, are these middle school students going to trample me? Are they going to be friendly? Are they going to be little monsters? Are they going to be somewhere in between? And I think over the past 10 years, I've realized that a lot of that has to do with a little bit of inexperience, but also a lot of that has to do with slowly trying to find out who in the school district I can reach out to for support and help to realize, hey, I'm not in this alone. What is the thing now, looking back, not so long ago, what do you wish you had known that first day before those first students came into your class that you know now? What do you wish you had known then? That middle schoolers are not as scary as they look. But besides that, I I wish I knew that I had a tribe that I had some fantastic colleagues that no matter what I needed, if it was just a shoulder to cry on, and there's a lot of tears in teaching, if it's just some affirmations that you'll get through this and you'll be okay, I think teachers, in order to really develop those skills, they need to find their tribe. And they're out there. They're either in your school district, they're in your community, maybe they're on the other side of the country, but they're there. And, And I think once you can find them, then you'll feel more confident and more comfortable in front of the classroom. What resources did you rely on in your first year? Definitely the secretaries. Besides that, I tried as much as I could not to get too overwhelmed, which I know is easier said than done. If you keep it small and manageable, 
you'll be more successful than when you try and tackle on everything that you want to do. You can't compare yourself to teachers who have been teaching for 10, 15, 20 years because they have a lot of tools in their toolbox and you're still looking for those tools. I think if you make it small, manageable, whether it's one lesson at a time, one unit at a time, one skill that you want to work on as a teacher, and I think if you can get more in depth with that, the rest will definitely follow. Thinking back to when you started teaching, do you remember that it was difficult to reach out and ask for help? Do you think new teachers experience some hesitation about asking for help? I think some new teachers are scared to ask for help because there's this understanding that since we are certified already, since we've gone through college, that we should be able to teach on the first day. I think teachers can get intimidated by that. I definitely do think teachers can feel that way, but I think it's important to remember that you're not gonna be that same teacher 10 years down the line. If you can really kind of get over that and kind of try and get out of your head a little bit as much as possible, and just go to the teacher next door and say, help me with this, or I'm scared, I'm nervous, and I think Developing those skills will help. Coming up, Toby shares his biggest hurdle in year number one and when he achieved the aha moment in the classroom. Spoiler alert, it wasn't in the first year. Thanks for listening to School Me and a quick thank you to all the NEA members listening. If you're not yet an NEA member, visit nea.org slash whyjoin to learn about member benefits. What was the hardest thing about that first year? What was the most difficult thing about being a new teacher? That's okay to make mistakes. I wanted to be a perfect teacher and I wanted to be like my mentor who is a wonderful influence on me, um, who I still keep in touch with. but realizing that it's okay to make mistakes and more importantly reflecting on those mistakes and saying how is this a learning opportunity for me whether it's dealing with parents whether it's lesson plans that don't go so well whether it's interacting with students things are not going to go great you're going to make mistakes you're going to trip you're going to fall over the hurdles but taking the time and saying now how can I improve this for my own personal and professional growth. What advice would you offer? Because dealing with parents or how to talk to parents is really, I would imagine, because it's not something you've ever done before. I think dealing with parents can definitely be a case-by-case basis. You can have fantastic parents who want to help their children as much as possible, and then you can have other parents who maybe don't see it in the same way that you do. My first recommendation is when you are dealing with a parent, before you speak to the parent, you maybe speak to another colleague or perhaps an administrator or supervisor just to get some feedback or understanding of the parent, and they can give you some insight into that parent. Maybe they've worked with them before, maybe they've had experiences with them, or maybe the student has had older brothers or sisters. So definitely kind of talking with some teachers or administrators beforehand to kind of brainstorm or kind of pregame how you kind of want to tackle this situation. And it might just be a matter of having a colleague look over an email you need to send out or even having a colleague perhaps sit in on a meeting with you, just kind of, kind of offer that extra support. Is there a point in your career in the 10 years where you felt like, I got this? 
I would say for me, it wasn't until maybe about year five or six where I started kind of getting into a routine. And I think getting into a routine definitely helps that process along. And you don't get into a routine your first year. You can't get into a routine your second year because you're changing and you're modifying and you're adapting. I've heard a lot of teachers say that their third or their fourth year was when it kind of clicked for them. Mm-hmm. For me, looking back, it was probably my year five or six where things started to, to gel a little bit. But again, I also look back and I kind of try and change things and adapt as years go by and as I get new groups of students. So I'm still growing. Was there in your teaching career, was there an aha moment where this is what I love, this is what I'm good at? The aha moment for me probably wasn't until my sixth or seventh year teaching, believe it or not. And it was through reading books. And I'm a voracious reader. I started doing a lot of independent reading in my classroom, and that was kind of new in the world of teaching at the time. Before, it was very much whole class novels are, are the way to go. So I started incorporating independent reading a lot more in my classroom and having students make the choice of what they read. In year six or year seven is when everything finally clicked. My system for managing what they read, developing my classroom library, my ability to conference with students finally clicked. And that was the aha moment when I realized this is what I really want to do, of of sharing that love of reading to to students and having them reflect on their reading. I remember one student in particular who came into my classroom and said he never wanted to read ever, did not want to read, thought reading was the worst thing he could do in the world, almost as bad as taking a math test. (laughs) (laughs) Almost, but not quite. Almost, not as quite, but, but almost. And... By the end of the year, he was an incredibly voracious reader, and it was just developing that connection that he has something that he's interested in and kind of using that to to help him uh, as a reader. I think I heard you say that reading outside of the classroom was one of the things that helped you fine-tune or become a better teacher. Are there other things that you can recommend for new teachers to do outside of the classroom that may help them be better in the classroom? Take time for yourself, which is especially early on, it's challenging because you're dealing with a lot figuring out lesson plans, figuring out the community of the school, learning your curriculum, learning your students, a lot of the paperwork that goes beyond it. And I think teachers forget to take time for themselves. That hurts not only you, but then it can also hurt the students because you're so focused on on teaching that you lose sight of really what's important. But I think if you take more time for yourself and figure out not only who you are as a teacher, but who you are as a person and what you value, then that will definitely tie into the classroom. So Toby, how would you, in your experience, say that NEA or being a member of NEA helps? I think there's twofold to look at how NEA not only has helped me, but also can definitely help new teachers. And the first one is that it offers a level of support that makes me and has made me and can make new teachers feel really comfortable in what they're doing. And knowing that there's an association that backs them and supports them. And sometimes as teachers, we're in our classroom on our own bubble 
and we don't see what else is going on in the world. We don't see what else is going on in the country. NEA gives that chance of this is what we're doing, this is how we can help you. And at the core of teaching, we want students to be the best they can be. NEA values that. It does that through professional growth, through professional development, and a lot of what they do is teacher-guided, is teacher-driven, is teacher-designed. Without that component, it really would not mean much, but the fact that they're able to create opportunities for teachers, by teachers, allows for teachers to grow, which will then allow for students to grow. So my last question, what do you love about teaching? That I go home with a smile on my face, And I know that sounds like a Hallmark card, (laughs) but it's great to see that the time and the effort and the passion that I have for what I do, I can see that in students. More importantly, I can see students develop that passion in themselves. To see a student who may not have enjoyed my classroom or may not have enjoyed this subject in the beginning of the year and watching them grow by the end of the year And it can get sad when they have to go on to the next grade level, but knowing that maybe they might be a little bit different than what they walked into my classroom as is really rewarding. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of School Me!, And be sure to download the NEA Today app for NEA's member magazines and the latest education advice, tips, and news.